I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Mike Show and the Bulldog. How many bees is a swarm? Is two a swarm or three? Whatever. How many does it have to be? And I feel like seven. It's Mike Shope. How many, how many times do you have to be stung to have been swarmed? And I was like, dude, I got swarmed. I got stung only once, but I was swarmed. And the bulldog. You insist you were swarmed. There were bees, man, like plural. Big, lots of S's. Lots of E's and S's. Bees. <laughs> that, was, that was not bees. fun. Bees. <laughs> right. That was not fun. On WGR. Hey, man, that kind of hurt. Sports Radio 550. What's up, everybody? This is Mike Shope. Thanks for listening. It's been a fun week. The offseason, some weeks, they don't give you a lot. Unless, you know, you, you were uh, in a baseball town or something. <laughs> or, I don't know, MLS, something else. But um, not this week. We are not in a baseball town. Per se, we've got interesting times with the Sabers and the playoff. Their playoff chances, of course, the deadline is tomorrow. Uh, I won't deny having Darcy Regeer era flashbacks like today with all these trades and the deadline being tomorrow. And I guess we're on Riley Stillman's visa watch here uh, right now. So I want to say real quick after that little sort of crack that, uh, again, I'm sort of at peace with it, or maybe better put, I just get it, the Sabres. If it ends up, it's 24 hours minus four minutes uh, to the deadline. If it ends up that they don't make significant trades, I mean, where do I want to draw that line, significant? I guess trading your number one pick (laughs) was that line at least before now it seems almost impossible that they would do that with Timo Meyer traded already and Jacob Chikrin traded even like there've been so many moves who's left that you would expect the Sabres to want that's available where you would see them trading your first round pick i mean i doubt they want to do it that's not new uh so that that level of significance or thereabouts um i'm not expecting Anything like that, I'm actually expecting there not to be anything like that, so a little stronger. But there, I want to think there could be or even maybe should be a couple of smaller trades. I mean, Stillman is a trade, and so he counts. It's just like that's just a weird one because his numbers have been terrible. Like his most of his stats, as far as I know, beyond the counting stats, not that they're good either. He's a defenseman. But really, like what's the allure? And I've seen a couple of attempts, maybe straining a little bit to try to to justify it. But I'm 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 positive about the organization, and I'm sure there's something um, beyond that. Though, like one or two players who would go in that would make you feel better 
about the team that would not cost a lot at all, like this year or beyond, that I'd really kind of like to see. Not being able to name names for you so much at this point. So many trades already. And so we just, we'll just see what, if anything, they do, they, they come up with here between now and tomorrow uh, afternoon. But it is, <laughs> I've been here a long time, it is reminiscent of, you know, several seasons. When did this, like, I feel like there have been two types of Sabres, maybe three, I guess I'd have to say three, three types of Sabres deadline uh, modes in, I'll say, 20 years. That's how long I've been here, since 2002. So there have been there have been three modes. The, the The first mode, and then it came back a little bit, was you're just sort of bracing for it that the best players in the league who are getting traded are not getting traded to the Sabres, and that's just life. It includes the one year where the Sabres, I think, <laughs> sort of foolishly promoted, if you may remember this, that Darcy Regeer would be available for a fan chat online, like right before the deadline one year, maybe noon or whatever it was before a 3 o'clock deadline. Like, okay, I mean, how much more obvious can you make it that you're not in the game? You know, a, a lot of Sabre, Sabre years have, have really been like that. And I think, you know, Regeer had limits imposed upon him, like financially, but I think he was sort of suited for that the way he wanted to do it, sort of stealth kind of moves. The the best, maybe I don't know if I, I'm not ranking these in my head, but like one of the best Sabre deadlines was before I was even back in Buffalo. It was the, the year where they traded for Gilmore and, and Grattan and Dumont. That would be what, 90, to 2000. Maybe that was 2000 or 2001. Not not 2001. Like, before I came over, uh, that was, like, really cool. And that was, like, a, not, not a Sabres thing very much at all. It was aggressive and going for money, going for older players. Like, okay, let's let's go win. So that's a long time ago. So you have maybe this first mode I've laid out where you're just sort of bracing for it and you know you're not going to have the kind of fun that other teams – fans are going to have irresponsible fun right like because a lot of these trades where you're trading your first round pick for a guy on a rental or just somebody maybe even including Jacob Chikrin you know just like what do you think is going to happen how much upside is there really like what's going to happen you you can have a GM or an organization trying to save face I think that's what Ottawa is doing like they're it looks it sounds like this GM is he's always scrambling Dorian he's always scrambling to explain why it's not as bad as maybe you think it is and just sort of chasing his tail I think so maybe that's what's happening here with Ottawa anyway Sabre fans who go back have lots of experience like it or not with these deadlines and Bulldog and I have had our own sort of uh I don't know where where our perspectives on that sitting here having to do these shows on well tomorrow's deadline day and talk about all these other guys that the Sabres are just never gonna go after <laughs> too expensive right so lot plenty of those. There there've been a couple like the 0607 um of, of course that's one where like you're it's pins and needles and it wasn't so different. Like they didn't trade for Marion Hosa or anything like that, but so it wasn't so different, but at least you know you you were excited and hopeful that a, a team with a real chance of winning would get better and be willing to trade a pick for a player. And the Sabres did that. I mean, that's 
the Zubris trade back now, yikes, 16 years ago. <laughs> why, why am I even bothering with this? It's so long ago. I mean, there, there have been a couple of moments where it was exciting and the Sabres at least didn't do nothing. So you've had that. But really, for a long time, going back to when? 2010 or 11, I don't remember right now. Oh, I guess um, Torres. Remember that one? And then he doesn't even dress, right, in the playoffs at, at one point. Just so strange. But almost going back, like say it's a decade, when have the Sabres ever had any call to make a, a, you know, a buyer's type of move? Like they've just... It's you're also bracing, man. These deadline days are not are not holidays here, around here, are they? Uh, historically, it, it's either almost every year. It's either as I figured out in my head, it's either been, well, other teams are going to have fun today, but I'm not allowed. So this is let's just watch it go by and try not to get too angry or bitter, or ugh, I guess we have to trade our best guy, <laughs> like. You know, not always on deadline day, but that's Miller, or that's Vanek, you know, like just, it, it, it sort of represents closure, um, an ending to a team that would have had either some chance, you know, at the playoffs, in the playoffs, or just was meant to and, and just didn't, you know, in these trades end that whatever period that is and... You're just hoping you get a draft pick back. The Sabres have, of course, had this happen plenty of times in the last 10 years where they're trading for other teams' picks, guys who they had and didn't win with, so goodbye. Actually, a lot of their – this is not so much a deadline point. A lot of their more famous trades like this that you can think of are are not deadline trades. That's Eichel, that's Vanek, that's Ryan O'Reilly. You know, Miller was a little bit before, but close enough. And these are all just sad. You know, you're – happy about getting draft picks but you can't do anything with them for years i mean they don't they don't turn into anybody best case scenario they turn into somebody like two or three years down the road and you know is what it is so tomorrow's that day and i have wanted to think just to be like a fan and just be sort of excited about the team and the season that there could be some trade here that, um, you know, we like and can buy into, you know, and, and and celebrate a little bit. Is that coming? Maybe not. But after, after saying all that as, well, relatively miserable, <laughs> that, that deadlines over the Sabres history have kind of been, um, I don't really mind this year. You know, uh, feel free to disagree, but... I was saying at one point, maybe yesterday, I feel like they've already clinched a good season. You know, it's it's really an interesting topic to me, or a question to me, all, all the time. It has been with the Bills the last couple of years, is what what makes a good season? And as your, you know, your seasons happen and go by, that's always, or can be anyway, that moves, right? Like, to say for the Sabres, to have a team going into a season that had a chance at the playoffs, I mean, how long has it been since they've had a chance at it by even the middle of the season, let alone like the, the three-quarter mark or thereabouts where we're, we're about at right now? It's been the whole drought. It's been since like 2012, the first year where they missed of this streak. 
they were close. And after that, they've really never been close. So you go, you think about like how you felt, maybe. Like you go into this season, what's a good season? They were not expected to make it. So it can't quite be that strict, I think. What's a good season? This has been a good season to be in it. And they're still, I, you know, I want to say, I think they're very much live. Like, they're three points out now, but there's still games in hand, you know, several against everybody they're working against, except Pittsburgh. Like, Pittsburgh, I think they have one game in hand on Pittsburgh. But Islanders, Florida, Washington's kind of called for the check, but, you know, the other teams, like, they have games in hand on those teams. And tonight, I mean, they're a pretty big underdog tonight, like anybody pretty much is in Boston. They have won there, but... Be careful not to let tonight bring you down if they if they don't win because this is not a game that um, any of these teams in their midst would be expected to win. So I feel like it's – I mean, I hesitate a little bit to say it as I did last time yesterday or Wednesday or Tuesday rather, like whatever it was this week because there's still so much season left and if the bottom falls out, it maybe will not – feel good at all like it well it won't but just you might not want to call it a good season where, where are they at here in terms of points I'm just gonna I want to look at it while I say all this uh 66 with 23 games to go so if they win a third of those games end up like around 80 points that's gonna be like sputtering to the finish and it may not feel like a good season but before the season 80 points was a nice number for them I don't know I feel like they've already done it and their, you know, what what they achieve as a team, what's exciting about it is that it's about next year and beyond, really. that that's This is not an old, to say the least, this is not an older team that just happens to be closer to a playoff spot than they've been in a long time. You have every reason with money to spend, too, if they choose to spend it, with the guys, the good young players, even great, that they have under contract. You know, it's all it's all good, pretty much, with the Sabres. Goalie will be the the big one. I don't want to talk about next year for very long, but that really is, uh, it continues to be, it has been for a long time with them, an issue. And, and they have they have Levi down the road, and they may, maybe Lukanen turns into something, and maybe even Comrie gives them value. They've they've gotten by with Anderson doing pretty well. I mean, he's been the best of them so far this year, but when it gets real, which is next year at least, if not these next 23 games, it's pretty real right now. You know what I mean, though? Like, how are you going to feel? How are we going to feel about what they have? Like, if, if the season ends with Lukanen at the performance level he's been at this year, like overall, and they go into next year with him, I mean, that's a question mark. He just has not been at a solid enough level for, I think, anybody to really like what they have there. So the situation may call for someone new then. I guess that's in the range of outcomes here between now and tomorrow, but I've yet to figure out a good idea <laughs> where where you're bringing in, unless you end up trading Lukanen, like that would be more, that would be a, a pretty big step for the Sabres, and I haven't been thinking about that happening uh, much at all, but, you know, maybe. We'll see what we get. So, like, what's a good season this year? I feel like they're already there. And if they end up just missing, like, 
kind of where they're at right now in the standings, first team out or first or second team out, then obviously next year a good season is the playoffs. There's no more let's get close. And not that everybody likes that anyway, but there's there's no more even thought to that. When, once you get close, then after that it's get in. Or else if you don't, it goes back to kind of how it felt before this season. Like is it ever going to get good the way we were talking at times during uh, during Eichel's tenure here. But I'm optimistic for them. I don't know that the trade deadline will yield anything interesting or at all, but it's been a fun year. Sabres at Bruins tonight, 7.05, 6 o'clock for pregame. Paul Hamilton will start us off by joining me then. Bulldog is off this week. If you haven't been able to figure that out or didn't know, he'll be back with me on Tuesday. I've got uh, Sal coming up at 3.30. And, you know, speaking of this concept, like this idea, what's a good season? The Bills make that really hard. <laughs> like that is a that is a tough one. I we've talked about this some, certainly not something that everybody would feel the same way about, but I've made I've I've laid out a couple different a few different times here since the Bengal loss as we sort of, you know, we set that settled in that this offseason is going to feel different than the last two or three when We've kind of, you know, they they have they would they would have just lost in the playoffs. You're you're coming out of that. You you hadn't won or anything, but it still just overall I think felt like a great situation. You know, who else would you rather be? Maybe Kansas City, but you've just got it all and you just got to win next time. But now it's been three years of that. Four if you want to include 2019. I mean, you can. It is a playoff loss, and. I feel like now there's going to be just naturally more of a you got to show me sort of attitude about them. It's all well and good to be a Super Bowl favorite or whatever, a solid, strong division favorite, the things that they've been and maybe again going into next year. But I just think we're going to be that much less impressed. (laughs) You know, they have to do it. So what's a good season for the Bills? Last year or the year before, like the last two years has been easy. To answer that question, I think. The Super Bowl, at least. Making it, at least. You lose the AFC Championship like the Bills did in 2020, after the 2020 season, and it's like you and Kansas City, and everybody seems to want to separate these two teams as the teams to beat in the AFC. Like That's all that's left for you to do is to get there. Not that there aren't other teams. We've seen that, but that's what's left for you to do. You get to the Super Bowl and you get beat by Tom Brady's Bucks, like the Chiefs did or some other great team, that can happen. And that that isn't a year where I would have wanted to necessarily consider the Bills a failure. I mean, that's pretty harsh. But there's really that's really what it is, like getting to the Super Bowl. It's not getting through Kansas City, a team you've beaten twice on the road in the regular season. It's not getting through the Bengals. It's getting in. It's, go, it's going to the... Going to the Super Bowl, that's it. Like, that is the only, I think, like, that's the only answer to the to the question for the Bills. Like, what is a good season? And as the losses in the AFC playoffs pile up, it just gets more frustrating. And I think what starts to happen, you know, we, we, uh, <laughs> we, we've talked about this a lot and hear from people all the time you know you start to get into some it's easy to get into some sort of thoughts that 
or that get a little dangerous. You know, like the Bills go and win 13 games, win the AFC East again, and a playoff loss means you're talking about firing your coach, <laughs> things like that. Just that's how these things go. We've seen it with other franchises. And I've pointed out to that a few times, not that I think you can't even talk about McDermott, but these times when teams feel like and act like they've sort of run out, that the window has closed. That's the most common metaphor. You hear like the window is closed. And they make those coaching changes. I don't know that they don't regret it. Like sometimes you have a Colts or somebody where, or I'm thinking a Dungy with Tampa, where, where Gruden goes in and you win. You know, you've, you have that a couple times, but there's certainly no guarantee of that, obviously. And if you're doing that, you're you're doing that hoping for, you know, the next thing to work as well as the other thing was working. Just get in and and get get through this time. So really, for the Bills, that's what we have they have to they have to win it they have to get through the AFC uh next year which they very well might could I, which they very well could like i am uh still optimistic for them i think it's right to be i think everybody should be and just try to try to not just sort of dwell on the the times they've fallen short here in these losses i mean uh i'd love to see what they do this offseason, and I feel like even with certain challenges, they should be in a, in a great spot going into next year. So, I mentioned Sal coming up here shortly. Also today, Mike Giardi from NFL Network and Connor Rogers will be back on, both from the Combine, which is like the workouts are underway today, defensive linemen and linebackers. I want to maybe, maybe I'll have time to get into this later. I actually was planning on doing it these first 20 minutes, but didn't end up didn't end up there. Um, if, you, if you've listened all the time, you've heard these different guests this week from Indianapolis, you know, talking about the draft, Chris Trapasso, Mike Renner, different people. And I feel like I'm being talked out a little bit of receiver at 27. Now, I checked <laughs> Chris's mock draft just before starting today. And he has Jackson Smith and Jigba on the Bills at 27. Seems like it's either I, I have different needs. You know, Brett Coleman last week on the show. Different needs that are maybe more important. Holes that are left on defense with departures and just how Cincinnati ran on the Bills in the playoffs. Just things like that. Oh, you're going to need a safety. You're going to need a middle linebacker. You're going to need whatever. Instead, offensive line even. So I'm either being told that sort of turned that way or the receiver you want will be gone (laughs) i'm getting that a lot this week or both (laughs) so i want i'm told i want other things maybe i need something else more and the guy you'd want to have be your wide receiver at 27 isn't there in this mock draft by chris Smith and Jigba is. He's a very interesting player for this because there probably is a pretty wide range of opinion in how he didn't really play hardly at all uh, last season for Ohio State. So um, I don't know. Like, I don't want to come off <laughs> wide receiver, but sort of feeling a little bit, I'm feeling a little bit of a push away from that as uh, it's just like dead set as I was 
three, four weeks ago on this idea. Oh, there'll be somebody. Now, different reasons. I'm thinking like maybe that's not a sure thing. All right, we'll talk to Sal next. He's got another article up, this time on the offensive line. How does that look for the Bills going into the offseason? Couple of combine guests, anything new on the trade deadline, then come 6 o'clock, the game, or the pregame show for Sabres Bruins. Again, thanks for being along. This is Mike Shope on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.